Hey everybody, it's Dan Dan, and today we're going to dive into a study, a review, a challenging thought about this phrase we hear in meetings all the time, and of course it occurs in our literature. It is progress, not perfection. What in the world are we talking about there, and why would that be a barrier to success in my recovery? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. So, when we hear the words progress, not perfection, it's there's some relief involved with that, isn't there? There's some idea that I could take a deep breath and just not worry about my current circumstances. There may be, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. And I, I think that the challenge that we run into right here is this. That phrase is so much more often used as an excuse, a rationalization, a justification for bad behavior and lack of effort than it's ever used in the context it's intended. The term progress, not perfection, occurs to us right off the bat in how it works. And it says we are after spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection. We claim, we make the claim of spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection. And if we were to reframe that and think of it a little bit differently than than the idea that we have now, and we're going to get into how to do that in just a second, we might say that we claim a spiritual pathway, not a spiritual destination. And that's a lot different, isn't it? As an alcoholic, I look at the word perfection, perfect, and I'm challenged in a way that I, I, I love in a way, that perfectionism in me, that ism, that belief in being perfect in me, that thing that had me living the double life, the reason why a fifth, sixth, and seventh step are so important are because I, I have this idea in my mind, that something exists out there that will finally and absolutely be correct. And for our discussion today, we're going to define perfectionism or perfect as the unreasonable, delusional ambition, self-defeating ambition, that there's some possible way for circumstances or my achievements to be absolutely right. The idea of flawlessness. Now, our big book doesn't work from flawlessness as the ideal, and it doesn't use the word in the sense of flawless. It uses the word perfection as an elimination of an endpoint, that we can't actually get to the end of our spiritual development. However, we are to shoot towards it. So, as we dive into perfectionism, let's see where Maybe this is addressed. In our 12 and 12, on page 68, we'll come across, and this is in step six, and step six addresses perfectionism. It says, many of us will at once ask, how can we accept the entire implication of step six? Why? That is perfection. This sounds like a hard question, but practically speaking, it isn't. Only step one, where we made the 100% admission that we were powerless over alcohol, can be practiced with absolute perfection. In other words, if you don't take a drink today, you have done step one perfectly. The remaining 11 steps state perfect ideals. They are goals to which we look. They're, They're There are places out in the future that we strive for. There are these ideals. They're not perfect necessarily in their own right, but they're a set of circumstances and a way of being and a way of thinking and a way of, well, living 
that we're shooting for. And they sit out in front of us. They are inside of the pathway. And it says, and they're the measuring sticks by which we estimate our progress. So if we don't have that goalpost out there, we don't know where we're at in our recovery. Progress, not perfection. Well, are you aiming towards that perfection? Have you gotten into that 10-step tool of self-evaluation, of self-correction, the, the looking at your day and saying, I'm not going to do this again? Have you gotten into the idea of step six? And that is to turn our character defects over to the care of God, to forget them, to get rid of every single one of them so that we can be of maximum use to God and our fellow man. Hmm. It says they are goals toward which we look and the measuring sticks by which we estimate our progress. Seen in this light, and this is the light we're going to bring it to light in, step six is still difficult, but not at all impossible. Perfection is not impossible. The only urgent thing is that we make a beginning and keep trying. So why does this seem so crazy, Dan? Dan, you know what? I hear your questions out there. That's ridiculous that we can somehow achieve perfection. Well, even as early as Bill's story, we find this idea. You know, in Bill's story, he talks about perfect. Yeah, he talks about perfect. And he talks about something in spiritual sense perfect. And what he says in his story on page 14, he says, For if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge, go after it. Perfect. So what does he mean here? Perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others. He could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. What does he mean by that? Alcoholic failed to perfect. Let me give you an idea here. For our working definition, that unreasonable, self-defeating ambition that things can be absolutely right comes about because we do not budget the right amount of effort and time into getting this work done. Sobriety, the reason why we have a goalpost, the reason why we set this out, the reason why perfection is the measuring stick by which we measure our progress in recovery, the reason for that is because there's an amount of time and an amount of effort that will render guaranteed or promised results. And when I budget for that right amount of time and that right amount of effort, the idea of perfectionism sort of melts away. It just becomes a purpose. I'm doing these things because there's a purpose. I'm doing the steps because I want to live this better life. I want to have a sense of significance, satisfaction, and purpose. And moment to moment and time to time, I'll definitely have those things and there'll be other times I don't. In any case, it's all exactly as it's supposed to be, right? There's no mistakes in God's world, Dr. Paulo tells us over in that acceptance chapter, 417. So how do I achieve this, Dan? Dan, what do I do? Well, what I want you to do is stop using progress, not perfection, as some sort of excuse for bad behavior, bad performance, and not utilizing the steps. Stop doing that and start thinking about this implication in step six, that seen in this light, getting rid of my character defects is a very valuable thing, and that I can have an ideal in my mind of what that would be like if I was to do that. I can do that. I can think about it that way. And don't think of it as a destination. Think of it as a pathway. And it's just a path. It's spiritual progress. It's a spiritual pathway, not spiritual perfection, not a destination. 
I, as an alcoholic, I think about this. And when I was new to recovery, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to knock these 12 steps out. I can have them done probably by two or three tomorrow. I don't know. And I'll just be done with this thing. And they say they're going to somehow cure my drinking problem. And it's going to happen with no effort on my part. That's beautiful. So I'm just going to do this thing real quick. And uh, because I'm going to get it, you know, perfect. Because my ego, because I edge God out and I don't rely on other people and I don't bring in outside resources. I'm just going to rely on me. I'm just going to get this thing done and move on and go back to drinking normally like other people instead of this crazy thing that came on called alcoholism. Hmm. So we don't want that situation. We want a successful, satisfying, productive life of purpose. And AA will absolutely deliver that if we can drop the idea, the excuse, the rationalization, the lie of logic that we use progress, not perfection for, and dive into the idea that given the right amount of time and effort, the budgeting of time and effort that is required in order to be successful. And let me give you a quick analogy on that. If you, you go to the store and you pick out your favorite cake and you know, it's the it's the brownie fudge vanilla birthday red velvet cake swirl. And you, you put that together and you follow the directions. Well, exactly. Or might we say perfectly. And you grease the pan just like it says. Maybe that's done. Well, perfectly, too. And then you mix it all together and you preheat the oven. And that seems to be done perfectly, too. And you combine all this together and you sit and you wait the 45 minutes that it's got to be in the oven the right amount of time to get, well, out of the oven, the perfect cake. But it's not ready yet. You got to let it cool all the way off and then you're going to put the frosting on it and all that stuff. And even though when you applied the frosting, it tore the cake. And even though some of this might not have gone, well, ideally, it might be it's not absolutely right. You might have been a minute off taking it out of the oven and you might have used, you know, a tenth of an ounce less butter to grease the pan. It's still a perfect cake because you allotted the right amount of time and effort. It, it, the simple comparison is this. If you've got 15 minutes and you want to make this same cake, you're going to be in a hurry. And it's going to be frustrating. And for those of us who believe in this absolute rightness sits out in the future somewhere and that I can achieve it, and there's the delusion, there's something really disappointing about it, that when I get there, I won't know it. I can't tell perfect when I'm in it. I have an alcoholic mind, so I see things negatively. The perfect situation will not appear that way to me. And the cake, I'll find what's wrong with it, right? I'll notice that one side might have a little more frosting than another side, assuming that the person that eats that spot won't think it is perfect. I take my ideology and I overlay it onto other people. It is a most dissatisfying thing. And I'll tell you what, when I'm in that frame of mind, I am annoying to myself and I can only imagine how annoying I am to other people. Progress, not perfection is not an excuse to behave poorly or demand unreasonably for things that cannot be done flawlessly. Progress, not perfection, is directing us to the idea that there's a pathway to success, and that path never ends. So it falls also into the God's will versus my will thing. And the God's will versus my will thing will 
We've run across several references in the big book in the 12 and 12. We're just going to focus on one of them. It's the 12 and 12 and step 12 on page 116. And it says, we found that dependence upon his God's perfect justice, forgiveness, and love was healthy and that it would work where nothing else would. Sometimes that perfect justice is watching other people suffer. It never, ever leaves them alone. Sometimes that perfect forgiveness is being able to embrace somebody that's done you wrong when they come back to the program and are in need of our help again. Sometimes that perfect love is that we have a sense of obligation to the world. How do I make the world better? What am I pouring into the stream of life? What do I bring to the table? Not what do I get from it? That these things are healthy and perfect in their own right. And they work when nothing else will. So my will is like an hourglass. And the sand in the hourglass, I have a lot of dedication. I'm going after these steps, Dan Dan. I got my full hourglass full of sand and boom, it starts shrinking, right? My will gets less. My resolve and my strength, it just gets less and less. And halfway through it, I'm like, I'm rededicating. I made a mistake. Progress, not perfection, you know? And and, 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 and the sand is dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. And finally, my will is done. And I drink. I drink. It's a scary, scary thought to depend on me to stay sober. I can't do it. But when I found that I rely, that I depend upon God's perfect justice, forgiveness, and love, God's will in my life, I have a never-ending supply of new information. I see my friends and my sponsor and my meeting and my books as avenues to success. I have this idea in my mind of what might be a great thing, like the frame of mind that is happy, joyous, and free. Free of who? Free of me, that I can change me and my attitudes to see the world the way God wants me to see it so I can step into the world and do his bidding. In other words, I am God on the scene. I'm going to bring love where there's difficulty. I'm going to bring forgiveness where there's a lack of it or it's not deserved, a thing called grace. I'm going to allow justice, the way the world works, take its toll on other people so that they find our beautiful program the same way I did, through pain and suffering. That's how it works. Progress, not perfection, is a sad excuse for not achieving the happy, joyous, and free life that is promised through AA. When I approach the world with kindness, tolerance, and our code, love, when I do that, I succeed. Progress, not perfection, blocks me off from the sunlight of the Spirit. It's a buying into a group of character defects all at one time. A resistance, a reluctance to the program, a lack of willingness to move forward to achieve the thing that it's really after, which is to train me to help save another alcoholic. I forget these things, and I hold myself to perfection. Oh, it's so, so, so hard to do. In step six in the 12 and 12, again, on page 68, says, so the difference between the boys and the men at the beginning of the step six separates the boys from the men so the difference between the boys and the men is the difference between striving for a self-determined objective self-will and for the perfect objective god's will which is of god that's the idea so progress not perfection is not 
to be used to justify, rationalize, or otherwise avoid what the program is asking you to do. Progress, not perfection, just means that you are on a spiritual path, not headed to a spiritual destination. You are on a spiritual path, learning all the while, because the incredible grace of God, the amount of information available is never-ending, and it's right on time. When you change your attitude, the way you look out at the world, your outlook, your worldview, the way you think about things, when you change your attitude, you change your destiny. It's a really powerful thing, and it's so sad to hear people use progress, not perfection, as an excuse. So we finish up step six, and this is where this is mostly mostly addressed in our literature, is step six in the 12 and 12, and it says, If we could gain any real advantage in the use of this step on problems other than alcohol, we shall need to make a brand new venture into open-mindedness. Hmm. I wonder why he would say that. He says it because on page 64, just before this, it says, having been granted a perfect release from alcoholism, a perfect release from alcoholism, progress, not perfection, step one perfection right here, perfect release from alcoholism, why then shouldn't we be able to achieve by the same means, meaning the action of the steps to get into these tools and use them? Why can't I use these same tools by the same means, a perfect release from every other difficulty or defect? Hmm. And I'll tell you what, it's because we under budget the amount of time and effort that it takes to do it. And we bump into that cake trying to be done in 15 minutes and it's frustrating, and we realize we simply cannot achieve the goal in the budgeted time and effort. And if we will be patient with ourselves, kind with ourselves, tolerant with ourselves, if we can find God's perfect justice, forgiveness, and love in our own lives, which is really sitting over there in step five, the elimination of loneliness, the idea of forgiveness, the ability to achieve humility, that which is simply knowing exactly who and what I am, Right? That's when I can do this. And when I get to step six, I can begin to apply all kinds of things over it. In my own life, I've lost a lot of weight. I've, got, I've completely changed my lifestyle altogether. I've changed how I look and deal with people, individuals, not just from an alcoholic standpoint, but how do I help them achieve their goals? How do I help them get better at what they want to be better at? Not what I need them to be better at. Not what I envision them to be better at what they want to be better at. How do I have less of me? How do I forget self and move to service? They both start with SE, but they do not mean the same thing, right? Get rid of self and move into service. Having been granted a perfect release from alcoholism, what am I going to do to say thank you to my higher power? In the fourth tradition, there's one other thing, and it says, we had discovered that there was perfect safety in the process of trial and error. So even if you make a mistake, it's perfect because you walk away learning. It's impossible to step away from the perfect world of God. The idea of progress, not perfection, is a way to say that we are on a pathway without a destination. We're on a pathway without an end point. We're on a pathway where God continually lays the road down in front of us and we just continue down the path as it is revealed to us, never hoping to get there, always hoping to stay on the path. The big book calls it the beam 
We want to stay on that beam of AA. So the next time you're in a meeting or if you're in a meeting now or you want to have a discussion about progress, not perfection, a really fun one would be to just take a moment to meditate on or examine your own view of this and ask yourself, ask yourself this question. Do I use that statement to justify and rationalize my poor treatment of myself and others? Do I use progress, not perfection, to allow myself to continue to behave poorly in the world? Is it just an excuse, or do I recognize that progress, not perfection, is a spiritual principle that says there's a path that I won't reach the end to, that God will reveal to me as I walk along it, and I'm just to keep moving forward? I hope you guys have a great discussion.